Amen. We worship God for who God is. What a blessing. If you would, please open your Bibles to Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. Make a note right off the top. It says, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying. So make a note right off the top. God still speaks. God speaks through his word. He spoke audibly to Jonah. God speaks to us today. God speaks through his word. And if we don't get into the word, then it's hard to hear what God is saying to us for our individual lives. That's why we make it a point each Sunday, each each Monday, Sunday to Sunday, each morning to spend time with God. You have to wake up, spend at least five minutes with God, have your favorite worship song on, have your favorite scripture. Go through the go through the Proverbs. Today is uh, uh, J January 10th. Go through Proverbs 10 and then the 11th and the 12th, so forth and so on. It's 31 Proverbs, one for each day of the week. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah. The word of God comes through us through his word. They didn't have the word back then. So they walked and they talked with God, those that were obedient and even those that were disobedient. God spoke audibly to them with the children of Israel. God led them by day, by fire. I'm sorry, by pillar of cloud, by night, by fire. They saw the presence of God. Now the presence of God is within us through his Holy Spirit. So God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit as we're reading the word of God. God speaks then, God speaks then, God still speaks to us today. Yes, God does speak to us today, but we're so distracted that we don't put ourselves in a position to hear from God. So many distractions, so many things vying for our attention uh, that we don't have the quiet time. Family, you have to have your quiet time daily because you need to hear from God daily. So here's the word of God came, which comes to Jonah. Jonah decides he's going to run from the presence of God and from the directive of God. Because within Jonah's heart, he harbored racism. He harbored um, uh, what do we call it? Implicit bias. He harbored uh, ill will towards Nineveh, the people of Nineveh. And, and Jonah decided he's going to go in the total opposite direction, which God told him to go because he didn't like, quote unquote, those people. And, and family, we have an assignment from God. God's called us to reconciliation, not discrimination. It doesn't matter who it is, what they look like, what they sound like. Uh, what they talk like, what they smell like, where they're from. God's called us to go and minister to everyone. He said, go and take the gospel. Make a note that is in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. God says, go ye therefore and teach all disciples that Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth. That's the message. That's the mission. We have people that are fighting for power and it's, it's really no power to fight for because Jesus Christ has all power. For, so people are fighting over power that's not even real power. It's a mirage, it's a masquerade. Uh, it, it, it's monopoly, it's not even real. So God says, go and take the real message to the world. And that's what he told us to do as the church. Jonah has his assignment to go to Nineveh. God says we need to go, whether it's Nineveh, to D.C. or to your city, God says, go and preach the gospel that Jesus Christ has all authority, that Jesus Christ resurrected on that third day, and that Jesus Christ is the only cure 
for the plague that, for the, for the plague that continues to haunt mankind. And until mankind has a new heart, a new spirit, and a new mind through Jesus Christ, nothing's going to change. It could be a new year, but if you take your same old heart, that same old sin, that same old mindset, that same old garbage, that same old filthy rags, if you take that into the new year, nothing changes. It remains the same until you allow, car, uh, until you allow Christ to make you born again, which means to be regenerated from above. New heart, new spirit, new mind. But turn with me quickly to Romans 12, 1 and 2. So this is, last week we talked about the new heart and the new spirit, the new life. So thankful that in Lamentations uh, 3 and 22, it told us that new mercies greeted us this morning. So you wake up new every day in God. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new when we are in Christ. So every day we wake up, we're a new creation in God. That's why we don't settle for a new year. We don't get excited about a new year. We get excited about the new life that's in Jesus Christ. And so take a look at Romans 12.1 and 2. And this is the new mind that God has given us and challenges us. Not to get stuck in the old mindset, not to get caught up in everything that's going on. Here's Paul saying, Romans 12, 1, he says, I'm begging you, therefore, brethren. That's a, a generic term. It means brother and sister, brother and sister in Christ. So, so make a note, we are talking to Christians. This message, Jonah's talk, God's talking to Jonah, which is his prophet. Paul's talking to the Christians in Rome. I'm talking to the Christians in America or wherever you are this morning. We're talking to God's people. It's still on us. God says, if my people, the healing of the land still comes through Christ, anything else is just temporary. The permanent healing, the permanent newness, the permanent life comes through Jesus Christ. So God is telling his people, if my people, which are called by, by my name, and this is in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, would humble themselves, pray, seek God's face, turn from our wicked ways, then God will hear, forgive sins, and heal the land. So body of Christ, it's, the healing comes through us. We're the light, we're the salt, we're the love that God has sent into the world. And if we run like Jonah did, and go the opposite way because we don't like, quote unquote, those people, then the healing never takes place. So it has to have, we have to have a new heart, a new spirit, which comes from God. And then as we look in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it talks about the new mind. Paul says, I'm begging you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, which is the least you can do. Paul is saying, I'm begging you that you live for God. Don't get caught up in all this other stuff that you live for God, that your body is a living sacrifice. God doesn't need those to die for him. Christ already died for us. God needs his body now to live for him, a living sacrifice, to be doers of the word and not just hearers only, to serve the world to love the world. What did Jesus Christ tell us in, in Matthew 5, 43 through 45? That we would love our enemies. 
that we would bless those that curse us, that we would do good to those that hate us, <laughs> and that we would pray for those that despitefully use and persecute us. That's, what the that's where the living sacrifice comes in. It's not within the four walls of the church. We come here and get refueled and regenerated and renewed and inspired through the Holy Spirit of God through his word. And then we go out and we love and we bless and we do good and we pray. It has to be tangible. We can't just listen to a message and go and sit down and not act upon it. I don't care what's going on in the world today. And who, whoever your those people are, that's not godly at all. We got to go to the whole world and teach all that we encounter. God's called us to reconciliation, not discrimination. It's the body of Christ. Paul's begging us to live this thing, to do it. And family, in a world today that's fallen apart, in a world today that so desperately needs the love of Christ, God sends us out because we are the, the, the hands and the feet and the arms. We're the body. Christ is the head. We're the body. And we're to go out and to touch and to heal and to spread the good news of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our job. We're ambassadors for Christ. We represent Christ. We're the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth. The scriptures were clear last week in 1 John chapter 4, 20 and 21. You can't say you love God. This, I, don't know, I don't know what people are thinking about. I don't know what Bible, I, I'm sure they're not even reading the Bible when they think that they are serving God and hating other people. The Bible is clear. You can't say that you love God and you hate people that you see every day. How can you love God whom you've never seen and you hate your brother and sister who you see every day? I don't care what color they are, what language they have, where they come from. They are God's creation. They are brothers and sisters and we're to love them unconditionally because God didn't put any conditions on the love that he has for us. For God so loved the world that he gave, unconditional, because if he put conditions on it, none of us would qualify. None of us would meet the requirements to be loved by God. So God had to love us unconditionally. And then he calls us to love unconditionally because we can't meet the requirements and no one can meet the requirements. It has to be unconditional love. So God, help us. Those of us that, that are filled with the spirit of God, we have the new heart, we have the new spirit, we have the new mind. Help us, Lord, not to get caught up in the, in the stuff that we see and the, and the anger and the hate. That's not of God. We can't get caught up in that. We have to get caught up in the word of God and what our mission is. God has given us a mission and a purpose. As a Christian, you should never say, I don't have a purpose in life. I don't know what my mission is. It is, it's to go to the world and let them know that Jesus Christ resurrected on the third day. And that Jesus Christ has all power and authority in heaven and on earth. And he, and he desires to have a relationship with you, a personal relationship. That's what we're to tell the world. And then leave the details to God. We don't save anyone. God does the saving. We just go and we do the sharing and the living. So they can see our light and glorify God, which is in heaven. Look at verse 2, Romans 12 and 2. And he says, be not conformed, underline that word conformed. And if you don't have this highlighted in your Bible, you should. This is one of the scriptures you want to memorize. Uh, Romans 12, 1 and 2, a powerful passage of scriptures. And it says, be not conformed to this world. 
don't get caught up. <laughs> don't get caught up in all this garbage you see going on in the world. Don't get caught up in that. Don't get conformed to it. He says, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Let God transform your mind. Renewing, we need a new mind. And that word um, renewing, uh, it's the same in the, in the Greek word, it's, uh, it's renovation to, we need a complete mind renovation. The mind needs to be, be renewed in Christ because of all the the old garbage and the old biases and the all old, old stuff that's in it. It needs to be renewed and only can it be renewed through Jesus Christ. How do you renew it, Pastor? Well, you submit, you surrender. You're praying every day. You're being grateful every day. Uh, for some of you, just being grateful is a challenge because you look at everything that you don't have and look at everything that's not going right as opposed to looking at everything that you do have and everything that is going right. If you could just be grateful every day, that would change your mind because you were greeted with new mercies this morning. Just being grateful is a way to renew your mind and thanking God every day. Being grateful. It says, be not conformed to this world. Don't get caught up in this stuff. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that you can test. When your mind's renewed, then you can test what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. You can see it. It becomes obvious. It's, it's uh, the wisdom of God. It, it allows you to see everything that is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. When your mind's not renewed, you don't even see it. You, you see everything as a problem where it's, it's God's testing you to show you, to conform you. So you can see that, God, this is really good. This is what's acceptable in your sight. And this is the will of God for my life. And you can only see that once your mind is renewed. Other than that, you have the Jonah syndrome and you will fight against God and you will go in the opposite direction of where God is telling you to go because you're still under the, the biases and the, and the iniquities of your, of your, of your own mind, <laughs> which is totally contrary to the will of God. Let's go back to Jonah. Jonah 1. Family, make a note. Says don't get conformed to this world because we're called to be biblically correct, not politically correct. We're, I, I, I say it all the time. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm not a politician. You get all that stuff when you're watching the news. I got to give you the word. Uh, I'm giving it to, to us all in a, in a loving way. I'm not trying to beat it over your head, but I'm trying to encourage and inspire you that we are on a different path. <laughs> We're on a path with God, not with the world. Only time you get caught up is when you, uh, when you, start, uh, sorry, when you start getting depressed and, and afraid is when you start getting caught up in the world. Stay caught up in the word and understand that God is, has all power and authority in heaven and on earth. And Jesus Christ says, I'm with you always through the Holy Spirit. God is with us always, even until the end of the age. Tells us to trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding. Acknowledge God in all our ways and he will direct our path. So when we get caught up and we're conformed to the world, then we worry and we, we're troubled. But when we get into the word and we're walking with Christ, then we realize God will never leave us or forsake us. And even on the path that God has us on, make no mistake, there are ups and downs and issues. We know that. 
But our, our house is built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And it will stand in spite and despite of all that we go through. So here we have Jonah, verse 2. Take a look at verse 2. God says, get up, stand up. That word arise means to stand up, endure, and go. Get up, stand up, arise, endure, and go. Somebody make a note of that. God is saying, you got to get up and go. Go and, and, and reach the world. That's on your job. That's on your family. That's wherever you are. We understand the importance of coming together, but the mission is to, from Jesus Christ, is to go. <laughs> it's to go and, and, and reach the world. Get up and go to Nineveh, that great city. God's telling us to get up and go to whatever city we live in. Get up and go to America. <laughs> Why? And speak against it. Cry out against it. Tell America it's time to repent. It's time to run back to God. It's time to submit to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And God says, because their wickedness has come up before me. So make a note, God sees everything. God wasn't surprised with what happened last week. God says, I see all this wickedness. That's why you get up and go. Church, don't sit on the sidelines. This is not a spectator sport. Get up and go. We are in the game. We have to get in the game. We don't just sit around and watch what happens. Get in the game. Go. God sees everything. God's not caught, caught off guard or caught by surprise. That's why he has his people. That's why he has his church in the world to be salt, light, and love. Get up and go. Um, Jonah was supposed to go to Nineveh, which was was west that way he decided to go to Tarshish which is northeast you can't get any further apart from the will of God than the opposite direction because he didn't really like those people and I, I think I said it before but let me say it again it deserves repeating Jonah understood the nature of God the character of God we don't we don't. Otherwise, we would uh, we would run to God like um, run to God as opposed to running from God. Jonah understood the nature of God, the character of God, the heart of God. And he knew that if he went to Nineveh, those people that they would God would if they repented, God would forgive them. Let me say it again. Jonah knew that he didn't like those people. He didn't want them to be saved. He didn't want them to repent. He didn't want God's hand to be upon them for good. He just wanted God to take them out because he didn't like those people. Come on, family, hear what I'm saying. Look at society today. We can't classify anybody. We can't dehumanize anyone and say those people. God is not slack concerning his promise. Make a note, 2 Peter 3 and 9. God is not slack. God is, is not going back on his promise. He is long-suffering towards all of us. God is serious about that. He doesn't want any to perish. He wants all to come unto repentance. God loves us. God died for us and resurrected for us because he doesn't want any of us to perish. Whether we choose God or not, that's on us. But the heart, the character, the nature of God is to save, to deliver, to rescue. Jonah knew that. 
And he knew that if he went to God, if he went to Nineveh and told him that God is, is, is going to judge them harshly and destroy them if they don't repent, he knew that they would repent. He had the opportunity to repent. And if they did, God would forgive them. And we'll read as we continue going through. That's exactly what happened. And he was upset that they repented because he didn't like those people. And he didn't want God to save those people. And here we are in the midst of our society and we see a lot going on. We see a lot of people being judged by the, the color of the, the skin. And, and make a note, or their political affiliation, the, the, the blood of Jesus Christ, our relationship to Jesus Christ supersedes all that. <laughs> your skin can't forgive your sin. Jesus Christ can only do that. All your other affiliations are just temporary. Jesus Christ is permanent. Our loyalties has to be to spreading the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to anyone that we encounter, regardless of where they're from, what they believe, what their uh, sexual orientation is, whatever they ha their hang-up might be, whatever our hang-up might be, Jesus Christ has died for that, resurrected for that, and it covers all sin. <laughs> we don't pick and choose the sin because they do this and you do that. It's no difference. There's no little sins and big sins. It's all sin. And Jesus Christ died for all of it. And that's why we go out to the world, regardless who's out there. We can't have the Jonah syndrome and go the opposite way. So we see in verse 2 that God tells him to go, cry against the great city. Their wickedness has come up before me. We see in verse 3, but Jonah, what does Jonah decide to do? Jonah decides to go in the opposite direction. Jonah decides to go to Tarshish to flee from the presence of the Lord. Make a note. Hmm. Make a note. You see that Jonah's true problem is not with the people. Jonah's problem is with God. He's running from God. And, and I submit to you, family, and I say, it, I say it often, our problem is not with people. Our problem is with God. What do you mean, Pastor? God's told us to love even our enemies. Isn't that something? Even our enemies. See, we don't want to do that. <laughs> we want to talk about them. We want to complain about them. We want to be angry with them. We even want to kick some butt, if you want to be honest. But God said, love your enemies. And then he said, bless those that curse you. If somebody cursed you, you, you want to punch them in the mouth. God said you got to bless them. You got to God bless them and move on. And then he said, do good to those that hate you. I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. We don't. Let's be honest, family. I mean, part of the scriptures and part of the, the teaching is being transparent. Nobody wants to love their enemies. Nobody wants to bless those that curse them. No one wants to do good to those that hate them. And no one wants to pray for those that despitefully use and persecute us. But Jesus Christ did. And Jesus Christ is our standard and our model, not the world. The world is not our standard. The world is not our model. Jesus Christ is. And so our problem, the underlining problem is I just don't want to do what God tells me to do. So I take it out on people. Scriptures tell us to love our wives as those of us that marry. Uh, 
love your wife as Christ loved the church. No, I don't want to do that. I want to talk about what she doesn't do and complain about all that. I don't want to unconditionally love her. See, that's not, she's not the problem. I'm the problem because I don't want to do what God says. Then it tells the wife to honor the husband. She's sick and tired of that dude. She don't want to honor him. She don't want to respect him. So it's not with him, it's really with God. God, I'm not going to do it. Tell us not to provoke our children to wrath, not to be combative with your children. Try listening, try learning, try loving. I don't want to do that because I'm the parent and they do what I say. So it's not with them, it's with God. And the same thing is here with Jonah. His problem isn't with Nineveh, his problem is with God and he goes in the opposite direction. Look at Numbers, let me show you. Look at Numbers uh, 14 and 10. Turn there quickly. This is Moses and the children of Israel. It's the same thing. They want to stone Moses. Why? Because they want to take it out on Moses because Moses is the problem. Moses is not the problem. The problem is they don't want to do what God tells them to do. It's just been, it's just been a cover-up. It's always the, the trick of the enemy to have us fighting the wrong enemy. Let me say it again. It's, it's a strategy and a trick of the enemy to have us fighting the wrong enemy. They want to stone, they want to kill Moses because Moses is telling them what God is telling them to do. They don't want to do it. <laughs> Let's go back to the beginning, almost the beginning of time. Right after Adam and Eve, we have Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. Why? Because he's jealous of him because he didn't want to do what God said do where Abel did what God said do. So instead of Cain humbling himself and just lining up with God, he took it out on his brother and killed his brother. And that, and that curse of sin, right, it all entered when Adam and Eve ate the fruit. And that curse of sin has been plaguing mankind ever since. What we see in the world today, it's the same thing that Cain did to Abel. Didn't want to humble himself. Envious, jealous of his brother because his brother was trying to do what was right. Doesn't matter. The same thing we see in, with gangs and, 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 and racism and all that, and, and uh, what, civil war and genocide and all that, is somebody that just wants to kill their brother. Why? For some reason, they hate them. Even if they look alike, they could be the same culture. That's what they call civil war. We have countries that are uh, separated into north and south. Same people hate each other. But it started from the beginning. Why? We don't want to do what God says, so we take it out on people. And we blame people. Because in human nature, it's much easier to blame you than to look at myself and deal with the sin that I have to deal with. That's why we don't want to read the word, because the word is that mirror that makes me look at me and say I have to confess my sin, I have to ask God to forgive me, I have to humble myself because I don't have it all together. But when I compare myself to you, I'm better than you. So I say, at least I'm not like that. And I say things like, I have a good heart, where actually the word says your heart is nowhere near good. But see, I don't want to read that because it makes me deal with myself. Jonah didn't want to deal with himself, so he ran. Here are the children of Israel. They didn't want to deal with themselves. They're building false idols and, and golden calves and all other kind of stuff where God told them not to do that. But instead of dealing with their sin and their rebellion and their disobedience, they wanted to kill Moses. Why? Because Moses, we don't like you. You represent God. We don't like you. We're actually, the problem was with God. Look at Numbers. I think I said Numbers 14. 
and 10. It says, but all the, underline all, but all the congregation wanted to stone them with stones. And the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. They're getting ready to kill them in church. <laughs> they get, God has to intervene because the people are so crazy. They don't want to do what God wants to do. They're going to kill the minister. They're going to kill the prophet right in church. Look at verse 11. And the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people provoke me? Underline that scripture right there, highlight it. It didn't say how long are these people trying to kill you? Look what God said. How long are these people are just going to resist and rebel against me? Family, I, I submit to you. Everything we see going on in our world today, it's not because people have issues with people. It's because people have issues with God. And here God is sending us to tell us, look, reconciliation means make a note of this. God has sent us out to reconcile, be uh, ministers. The word says in in um, in second Corinthians five, 18, God has sent us out to be ministers of reconciliation. To be representatives, to be ministers, to be servants of restoring favor back to God. So here's our message, the message of reconciliation, not discrimination, <laughs> pointing fingers, but reconciliation. Do you know that God has restored favor back to him through Jesus Christ? We're ministers of reconciliation, that you can have a personal relationship with the God who created everything through Jesus Christ. That's our message that we take to the world. The world doesn't want to hear it. Jesus tried to tell them that they killed him. So we can't expect it to be a popular message, but it's the message that God has given us to take to the world. Whether they receive it or not, that's on them. There's a lot of people looking these days. They're desperate for an answer. There's a lot of people that will hear and will listen and rededicate their life to Christ. And since we don't know who that is, we need to go and share the gospel with everyone that we encounter. Don't write people off because of what they're doing or, or what they're involved with. You can't do that. Thank God someone didn't write us off when we were out doing whatever we were doing, but they shared the gospel with us. Thank God they didn't write Paul off and, and Peter off when they were out um, betraying Christ and running and, and hiding and, and denying. Thank God they didn't write Paul off when he was out killing Christians and feeding them to the beast and the lions. Someone shared the gospel with him. God himself shared it with him. Just like he shares it with others through us. His life changed. Turned the world upside down. I, I submit to you that through Jesus Christ and sharing the gospel through the love of God, we can still, it's not too late, we can still, if the church would stand up, we can turn the world upside down for Jesus Christ. Get the message out. Share love. As, as the scriptures have told us, a living sacrifice. Be doers, don't just be hearers only. Be kind, be loving, be serving. Start in your heart, then start in your home, and then take it outside of that. Practice in your home. And then it's easy to go out and serve in the world because I'm so used to doing it inside my house, so used to serving and loving and being kind and humbling myself. It's easy to do it out in the world because I've been practicing every day. Let me finish reading verse 11 and we go back to Jonah. 
And the Lord said unto Moses, how long will this people provoke me? How long will they continue to just rebel against me? And how long would how long will it be before they believe me? Oh, make a note of that. <laughs> He's talking to his people now. How long will it be before you can truly trust me? Mm. That's between you and God. Is, is this the year since we, if you if you want to get caught up in a new year, which we already know God's outside of time. Is this the year that you finally can trust God? Can you allow God to make your heart new, your spirit new, your mind new? And can this be the year that you can finally trust? Make it really new. All those other things are new, your heart, your your, your spirit, your mind. And now trust God for once in your life. Trust God. And the scriptures are clear. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Is this the new year for you? The new you. And then it's not about a year. It's the new you that, that's renewed every day. New mercies greeting us every day. Is this, God says, when, how long will it be before? God had taken them out of, out of Egypt to part at the Red Sea for them. And, and make a note, it only took them three days after they got through the Red Sea. After three days, they started complaining. After seeing that incredible miracle with the, with the Red Sea departing. Now, I've been to the Red Sea. It's not a, a little lake or a little pond. It is an actual sea. And it's beautiful, too. God parted that thing. That's huge. It's like an ocean. It's that big. And not only did he part it, but they walked across on dry land. It wasn't even muddy. It was miracles on top of miracles. But you know, our, our, our human nature only took them three days after that to start complaining. Problems not with people, it's with God. And I told you last week, we'll get into the new year. And by Friday, I said it by Friday, we'll be back to the whole hum, whole drum stuff. Couldn't even wait to Friday. Last week was just a disaster. So if you were excited about the new year or a new vaccine or a new present, you see this thing is not going to change. That's not going to bring you a blessing and happiness. It's only in Jesus Christ. The new you is this the year that you can finally trust God with everything, with your relationships, with your heart, with your mind, with your spirit with your kids, with your job, with your business, with your ministry, with your life? Is this finally the year that you can really trust God with everything? And only you can answer that. And entrust God with the assignment and the mission and the calling on your life. Can you actually go? Can you spend time with God so God can tell you where to go so you can grow and be a blessing? Can you spend time with God to listen? Stop guessing and start spending time with God so you can know and go and grow. Let me finish verse 11. The Lord said unto Moses, how long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be before they can really trust me? Look at what God says for all the signs, all the miracles which I have showed them. Isn't it something? <laughs> God shows us miracles every day. The miracle of us just getting up today and we refuse to trust God. We, it, was, it was a miracle for us to get up. It's a miracle for the sun to, you think the sun is just supposed to, to come up every day? 
some miracle that God allows to happen. When you pause and you look and you listen, you can see the miracles of God all around us, but we take them for granted. And that, that's, why we're unthank, that's why we're unthankful, we're ungrateful, and as a result, we live an unholy life because we don't even, even the basic things don't even make us grateful. The warmth of the sun, just the beauty of everything that God has created. Life itself, being able to get up. And, and family, if you're able to get up this morning and, and we're in the midst of a pandemic, if you're able to get up and, and not be sick and still in the land of the living, you need to be grateful for that. And, and, we, and everybody's looking for a miracle to show that God exists. Just look up, look in the miracle, look in the mirror. You are that miracle. God created you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made based on Psalms 139. Before you were anything, God made you something. And you're still looking for a miracle. God says, how long will it be, family? Let's go back to Jonah chapter, chapter 1. Verse three, the but, you know, that's the excuse. It always starts with but. You know what happened was, here's Jonah, but Jonah rose up to flee under Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Remember, he's running from God, not the people of Nineveh. He didn't say he ran from them. He ran from God. Make a note, the problem is with God. And I, I wonder how many of us this morning are running from God. Make it, it's exhausting. I'm telling you now, it's exhausting to run from God. <laughs> um, it, it really is. Uh, it, it's exhausting. But Jonah rose up to flee from Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. Found a ship, so it took effort. He finds a ship. He had to look for it. He had to make an effort. It takes an effort to run from God. Family, let's humble ourselves and submit. Stop making an effort to run from God. He found a ship, and, and we'll talk about it. We'll go a little bit deeper uh, uh, next week, and you can think about what have you found to take you from the presence of God. We'll go deeper into that next week. I'm not going to get started on that right now because it's time for us to wrap it up. But Jonah found a ship to take him from God. What have you found? Who have you found? What is it that you're placing above God? You make an effort to do it, and it continues to take you further away from God. Who have you found? You're putting so much effort into them, and it's taking you further away from God. Jonah found a ship. You fill in the blank of what you found. He paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them, underline them. <laughs> Stay away from them. He went with them unto Tarshish and underline it again from the presence of the Lord. So let's wrap this up. Let's let's close out. Let's go to um, close out scripture today. and We'll come back again uh, and start next week <laughs> and just follow Jonah on his exploits of running from God, from the assignment. Family, I'm telling you, we can't run any longer from the, assign from the assignment for God. We got to go to the world. We got to, the church has to stand up and to speak up. And it's about Jesus Christ. 
the cure, the savior, even in the midst of the pandemic and everything else that's going on, it has to be about Jesus Christ that supersedes all other affiliations and loyalties. Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. And I love this. I'm telling you, don't stop at the year. Go all the way this year. Make this the year that you finally trust God and become that new creation. Therefore, if any person be in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. God wants to make us new. We talked about it last week. N-E-W never, ever was. Allow God to make you something that never, ever was. You will be amazed what God can do with your life. And the influence that you can have through God for Jesus Christ never, ever was. You can't even fathom what God has for you. But is this the year? Is this the time that you finally trust God? But all his miracles and signs around us, you're still doubting. Look at verse 18 and we'll read this and go ahead and pray. And all things are of God who has reconciled us, who's given us favor back to God. Mm. Through Jesus Christ. And then not only that, he's brought us back to God, but he didn't stop there. See, make a note, God takes us just as we are, which is a beautiful thing. But he loves us too much to leave us like that. Let me say it again. You don't have to stop doing anything. Once God, the spirit of God gets in you, God will lead you from there. You couldn't change yourself if you wanted to. And if you would, all you would change is one filthy rag for another filthy rag. So God reconciles us to himself through Jesus Christ. But he loves us too much. He saves us just as we are. No strings attached. Stop trying to attach strings to God. That's you and your relationship. <laughs> it's not God to man. It's you to person. You want a relationship and it's all kind of strings attached. And we want to throw that on God. That's not God. See, you don't understand the character and the nature of God. God does, have, does not have any strings attached to his love for us. And nothing shall separate us from the love of God. So God loves us so much he takes us just as we are. But then he loves us even more so he doesn't leave us like that. So the first step is coming to God. And then after that, he gives us the ministry. He gives us the service of reconciliation, which means we go and tell others, man, you can be restored to God through Jesus Christ. The breach that was broken through sin, it can be eliminated. And the bridge comes through Jesus Christ. We can be restored to God, to the favor of God through Jesus Christ. That's the ministry of reconciliation. That's the message that the people need to hear today. Jesus Christ has all authority and power. He will be the one that judges us. But you restored to favor to him, so it's not even a judgment. It's a well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into my rest. So we get to spend paradise with Christ. It says, in my father's house are many mansions. I go and prepare a place for you. It's a smooth transition. And one thing we all have in common is that at some point, we hope it's a lot later than sooner, but we will transition. <laughs> but we've been restored in favor to God, so it's just a smooth. Go tell the world. The world's looking for answers. And it's in a new creation in Christ. Let's pray, and we'll pick up the rest next week. Lord, we thank you, we love you, we bless you for your word this morning. God, we're exhausted because we've been running from you. <laughs> 
We're, we're tired, Lord, because we've been trying to, to do it our own way. God, we're burned out because we've been watching the news and 85% of what's put on the airwaves is negative. God, we're burned out and exhausted from what's going on in our world today. So God, we're just praying that as you've called your church, that we would humble ourselves and pray and that we would seek your face, that we would repent and turn from our wicked ways, Lord, so that you can even hear, you can't even hear us with all the sin that's separating us from you. So we confess and we forsake it, Lord, in the name of Jesus, so that you can hear our prayers. And then you forgive the sin and then you heal the land. God, we're praying for healing. First of all, in our hearts, heal the relationship, God, between you personally, between you and me. And thank you that it's healed through Jesus Christ. And then heal the relationships, Lord, within our homes, with our family, with our friends, with our loved ones, praying for your healing. And then heal the land, Lord. We need healing in our land. But if it's not in our heart, if it's not in our homes, we can't expect it to be in the land. And then God, help us to this year be the year to finally trust you and stop doubting and fighting against you. And let us go and share that message with the lost and dying world that so desperately needs to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the resurrected Savior. We thank you, Lord, for the challenge. We receive the challenge. Thank you for the inspiration and the encouragement through the Holy Spirit and the power that comes through, your, through the word of God. Our problem's not with people, it's with you, Lord. Let us remember that, that we got to humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and God will lift us up at the right time. Oh, we thank you and we bless you. Bless your people to hear. Bless your people to receive the message. Bless us, Lord, as we stand up and endure and go. Bless us, Lord, as we stand up for Christ. We endure the ups and downs of the journey and we go right where you would have us to go. And we love you for it and we bless you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe you hear you saying, Pastor, I've, someone invited me on Facebook. They shared it and, um, and I just happened to join in and I'm watching, but I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Maybe somebody invited you on Zoom. It's, it's, it's really simple. The word of God says in Romans 10 and 13, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's nothing mystical. It's nothing magical. You don't have to fall out on the floor and start rolling around and spitting and jumping and screaming. That's not God. God doesn't operate that way. People operate that way. Uh, maybe it's a show. Maybe it's not. I'm not here to judge that. But I'm telling you, the scripture says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. It's as simple as saying, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my life and make me the person you created me to be. Fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live for you. God, I want to be a new creation in Christ, according to your scriptures. And I thank you, Lord, that my commitment is to you. And I love you, Lord. And I receive you now as my personal Lord and Savior. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
just as simple as that. And you say, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I've been out conformed to the world, caught up. I need to transform and renew my mind. That's as simple as uh, in the scriptures, 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You don't have to be walking around with the burden of condemnation and shame and guilt because you sinned. The scriptures are clear. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You're no different than anyone else. Rededication means that I've confessed those sins. God, I recognize that I'm tripping and, and I'm tripping in your eyes, Lord, in, the, in your sight. So I'm asking you, I confess my sins and I know that you're faithful and just to forgive me and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness because I'm a new creation in Christ and I'm running back to you. And remember, God takes you back with no strings attached. People always want to add strings. Well, you just can't, you can't just ask God to forgive you after what you did. No, you can't, but I can because I know the word of God and you don't. God's not out to get us. God is to forgive us, to cleanse us, and to reconcile us. Don't get caught up in what the world is saying, what people are saying. Get caught up in the word. We've been studying the, the New Testament. We're all the way from Genesis. We're in 1 Kings. And God is clear in his word. Ask for forgiveness, and I will forgive you. Live for me and do what's right in my sight. And when you blow it, ask for forgiveness, run to me, and let's keep moving forward. That's the message. And Jesus Christ died for our sins, so we don't have to make the offerings every week like they had to in the Old Testament. The offering of the, the Lamb of God, Christ, who takes away the sins of the world, has been done once and for all. So as we go into this new year, get rid of the guilt and the shame and the burden. That's not of God. That's of Satan. Don't let the enemy beat you over the head with that stuff anymore. No one's perfect. That's why we needed Christ. I love God for that. But when we do sin, we have an advocate. Jesus Christ is praying for us right now. We confess that sin and we keep moving forward as we're dealing with the consequences of the sin. We still got to deal with consequences. But the guilt, the shame, the condemnation, that's not of God. Move forward on the assignment that God has for you. And with that being said, if there's any prayer requests, prayer needs, um, or praise reports, email those to us at life at southbayalc.com, life at southbayalc.com. Please join us. I'm, I'm asking you to make the effort. You will be blessed if you join us this Wednesday night, 630 to 730. We will be in 1 Kings chapter 15. And the coordinates are on the uh, website, southbayalc.com, southbayalc.com. Click the Wednesday night coordinates, 6.30. Come and join us. We have a, have a group Bible study. It's not me just uh, sharing, but it's others that are sharing. And I tell you, the insights, the revelation that came from last Wednesday night, from everyone that shared, oh my gosh, so powerful. God speaks loud and clear on Wednesday nights just like he speaks on Sunday mornings. So I wanna encourage you to make the effort at least twice a month. Don't, you don't have to be there every Wednesday. Some are, and, and it's that good, but I know that things come up. But I'm saying, since we're all at home and it's virtual, make the effort to be there twice a month. And I guarantee your life will be transformed. You'll never be the same. And if you have questions, we have, you have Q&A, you can ask questions so you can continue to grow 
in your relationship with God. <clears throat> then lastly, thank you for your giving. Um, you can go to the website if you're on your desktop or your phone, uh, southbayalc.com, southbayalc.com. Thank you so much. Uh, it's just a time where the word has to be uh, paramount, foremost in our life. You're going to watch the news. You're going to hear all the stuff that's going on. We got to commit to the word of God. It's nothing new under the sun. The problem isn't with people. The problem is with God. Everybody wants to point the finger. Cain killed Abel. Everybody wants to point the finger. Adam even blamed Eve after the sin came in. We all looking for somebody to blame. Our problem is with God because we refuse to humble ourselves. They killed Christ. They didn't want to hear what God had to say. Their problem was with God. It's not a popular message, but it's one that we're called to deliver. So thank you for your giving, because we're going to continue to, to deliver the message as long as we have the resources and the opportunity. And so we thank you for your giving. We're going forward. <laughs> and we're going to preach the gospel for such a time as this, a time that's needed for the word of God. So thank you so much. Um, let's pray and then we will dismiss. Lord, just thank you once again for your word and the purpose that we have in life, the mission that we have in life, the co-mission that we have in life with, the, with, with God to be co-labors, to give the message of reconciliation. Favor has been returned to mankind through Jesus Christ. Favor to God has been returned to mankind through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and in earth <laughs> and desires a relationship with mankind. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the message. We thank you that you've come to give us life and that more abundantly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, family, Facebook family, Zoom family. Look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. Lord willing, look forward to seeing you Wednesday night. And then next Sunday, as we continue our journey, the good shepherd ministering to the lost, <laughs> regardless of what they look like or where they are or who they are. God's called us to go and minister to them. God bless. Love you. See you Wednesday or next Sunday. <laughs>